Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Also, I have a new album coming out called Comeback World. For tour dates and more information, please visit josepharthur.com and follow me on Instagram, joseph underscore arthur. Today's episode is Ted Allen from Chopped. How do you know that? We did research. Oh, you did research? Yeah. What's that? Do you like dogs? I love dogs. I have a dog. What kind? He has a cat shot, and his name's Louie. A what? Cat shot. I don't, I don't think I know that breed. They're like... There you go. That's a cool, man. A okay. And a oh, right, cool. <laughs> That's cool. Um, how can I... We need to get Karma on camera, too. I am, right there. She is? Okay, great. Her name is Karma? Carmen. 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 I didn't mean to, but that's actually a good nickname. You know what? It's not half bad. It is not half bad. Um, but you might no. be the youngest podcaster in podcast history. Yeah. I think that's true. There should be a prize for that. <laughs> no, I love dogs. I, I would get one, except it would freak out my cats too much. I think they're they're kind of they're kind of fragile. I have my cats are enormous. I have because they're Maine Coon cats. I have the two boys are each twenty pounds. It's a pretty big cat. They're raccoon cats? Maine coon wait, wait, cats. 20 pound cat? Uh-huh. I've never seen a 20 pound. That's big. But like, you know, wow. it's, it's normal for, it's a, it's a large breed. Uh, but anyway. I would get a dog, but then I would have to think about something other than myself. Well, you almost got a dog. Who you know what I mean? <laughs> might mess up your craft. I mean, it would just, it would just like really cramp my style. Yeah. And you gotta, and you gotta walk around walk. In, in the wintertime and pick up. What dog they crap. put out. Yeah, that's why I, the other reason I don't want one. Yeah, I have to do that anyway, just with interpersonal relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do what you got to do in this life, right? Right. Yeah, it's either that or total isolation, which could which work for you, I would imagine, in yeah. your line of work. Yeah. Um, so many things I want to talk about with you. One of them is like. One of the main things I'm thinking about talking with you about is Noel versus Liam. That seems like a really good conversation. Oh, I have a, I have a funny story about that. The way that. he lit up right then. I well, knew it. I, I like, had no idea. Oh, uh, no, because he's a major music Yeah, we were, we were talking like, about and, music just before you came. Yeah. He's going to the Stones. At, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm finally going to see the Stones. Stadium. By the way, your voice, like, because I know you want to be the, you said you want to be the singer for Aerosmith or some quip like that. Yeah. But you got a great voice. Thank you. And um, and music is ageless now. We know this now. It doesn't matter how old. You need to start singing. I, I really should. You should. You got the voice. You could. You just have to just sustain talking is all it is. I, I need to write some songs again. I did it in college. I'll help and you. I have a piano. Let's do a co-write. Shit, yeah. I'd, I'd definitely do that. Can Why I not? say dirty words in this podcast? Yes. Hell yeah. Um, I don't, I've actually never seen Liam... Uh, but I have seen Noel Gallagher. I know you're a Noel fan. I've seen him a couple times, and the funny thing is, I, I 
uh, I saw him at Summer Stage a couple years ago, and I bought two T-shirts without looking at them very closely. <clears throat> uh-huh. And when I got home, I realized that one of them was, in fact, a Liam Gallagher T-shirt. I thought those guys hated each other, so I don't know why Noel would sell Liam's T-shirts oh, was it, for him. You probably bought it from a bootlegger like in the parking lot. No, it was in, at, it was it was, in the legit it, it was mark. It was in the legit merch, or merch zone. Uh, That's crazy. Which I just thought was kind of funny. See, I know because I know you're a Noel fan because i remember when his last solo album came out you were texting me like hell you got to check it out it's great i like it but the funny thing is that barry who my partner who loves your music Uh has decided that he detests noel gallagher and i took him to a uh, this was i took him to a show he sat there and pouted through the whole show that's so funny i thought it was great i want to meet barry yeah he's a great guy yeah because i i don't detest noel but i am definitely a liam a Liam fan. Well, maybe I should check Liam out then. And his new solo stuff is really, really good, really strong. He's coming up. It's just fun to. It's fun that dynamic is so fun. It's like I'll definitely sorry, check I'm a out. Control freak. No worries. You have to. You have. You need to be. And that's another thing. That's right. You in your as a as a songwriter and a performer, it's it's a lot like a chef. You've got to be a control freak. Yeah, you got to decide where you're exact. Who makes the best? Who grows the best lamb? Who makes the best? Who has the best herbs? Who you know? Yeah, down to what the plate looks like and the lighting that shines onto the plate. And yeah, it's it's a similar craft. I love this that you're comparing the music with being a chef. That's awesome. I think there's a lot of affinities between the two. Yeah, and and almost every chef I know is really into music. And many of them actually play. It. Tom that, Tom Colicchio is in a band. That's interesting. Um, you yeah. do have a great. Vo- I mean, you know that you have a great voice. Well, I've been told. I, I, I mean, it's I, clear. Like, it's obvious. You know, it's it's part of the reason for your success. I used to play music so in college, and I've, like, I've lost kind of lost my piano. Cho- I played piano and drums. I've kind of lost my chops. I want to get them back. I have a piano, and I would like to record some stuff. You, you don't need. I mean, all you really like. Okay, the album "Some Girls" by the Rolling Stones. That's when I guess Keith was on Smack or something. So Mick Jagger had to write all the songs. There's two chords every song on that. It's A and E. Yeah, Beast and of Burden like, doesn't even really have a chorus, does it? Not, I mean, it kind of does. It's the greatest song of all time, that song. It's my favorite Stone song. It's the sure. best lyric of the world. It's like the, Mick Jagger is a highly underrated songwriter, actually. He's not considered, you know, when you like talk about songwriters like, oh, Bob Dylan, you know, Leonard Cohen, it should be also Mick Jagger. Yeah, I agree. You know, like Beast of Burden, I mean, it's, it's endless how many great songs he's written. And, it, and Keith kind of gets all the credit. There, th- that's a great such obviously. I think that's probably my favorite Stones album. Yeah, what was it seventy eight? I think. I, in fact, I'm doing a Rolling Stones song today after this podcast downstairs. I got to do uh, Salt of the Earth. I don't know that one. I, yeah, maybe if like, I heard it. Um. Yeah. I don't know it either. That's a problem. <laughs> I have to, Stones are I have not to, my. I have my to learn point. it. Like. Listen to the hardworking people. It's probably two chords Separate, also. Yeah. The salt of the earth. You know, anyway. That's nice. Uh, I, yeah. That's, it's Keith starts singing it, then Mick comes in. But, oh, yeah. Mick's a better singer. Yeah. Mick is a lot much better singer than Keith. But, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But I said, what was that one song that, um, oh, he said, you know, Keith sang a couple. And I always kind of got a kick out of it. Salt of the Earth is one of them. Right on. Uh, they give uh, Keith, you'll see at the show, they give him uh, two songs. 
The, what's the one? Uh, I looked up a set list. I'll tell you. Because it'll he come. the same ones every time. Yeah, it'll come to it, so, it'll well, come to me. Uh, I don't know. Oh, happy. Oh, happy. That's it. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah. So, what's uh, are you? I know you're doing some performing. Are you going to see any shows? I don't even know. I, I go we like just went I went. Last and, night. I went and saw the Wallflowers last night because Jacob Dylan was on the podcast. Oh yeah, I saw He's that. A super sweet guy. Cool. Totally cool dude. Um, I was telling him about Lamb Chop. I don't know if you know that band from Nashville. I, I know of them, yeah, but I haven't heard them in a while. They're uh, they're playing uh, at that theater, Murmur, whatever, in Brooklyn on on um, November on November second. I, I saw them at Bowery Ballroom years ago. They brought me to tears like five times. They're fantastic, yeah. fantastic group. Who else do you like? Um, well, on my current list is it's Lamb Chop. I'm going to see Beck and Spoon and Cage the Elephant. Okay. At Forest Hills, which is a I love that venue. Yeah, you said that on the Todd Berry uh, soundtrack. I yeah. Mean, well, I you know you got to buy the tickets pretty far ahead of time. Yeah, Forest Hills. Yeah, I've I've been there before. It's a good venue. I, I, yeah, it's I, cool. I just saw uh, last um, in the last few months I've seen Earth, Wind, and Fire, David Byrne. Um, oh no! I just knocked over the Devil's Advocate. You can leave him on the floor. The Devil belongs on the damn. <laughs> I guess he's everywhere anyhow, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, the, two, the two songs they <laughs> give he, he did, <laughs> Slipping Away and Before They Make Me Run. Oh, yeah, right. That one, too. That was on the last show in Houston a few nights ago. That's the two yeah. songs I gave him. I mean, I like a lot. Of, one, one, of the, one of the great things about living in New York is that obviously every band has to play here when they uh -huh. tour. The difficulty is the competition for tickets and mm -hmm. the prices, which are bad. But yeah. I'm, what I'm trying to do is see a mix of, I want to see the Stones because I want to see them before it's too late to see them. I, I saw The Who a couple of years ago. So I'm going to see all that classic stuff, but I also like plenty of current stuff, too. Yeah. Um, I like the band Phoenix a lot. I saw uh -huh. them. I saw them not long ago. They're French, right? They are French. Yeah, and they're married to uh, Coppola. Yeah, one of them's married to Sofia Coppola. I yeah. believe. I mean, the whole band is. The, it, it's a group relation. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Hey, you know, she could probably pull that off. <laughs> I gotta ask Ted. Are you? I'm assuming you would have connections everywhere for tickets. Why is it a struggle I, for you? you oh, don't? it's not a struggle to to get the, most of the most of the shows aren't hard to get tickets for, except a band like the Stones, where I did I have an agent because I work in TV, and so they helped me get that get those. But I still had to pay like four hundred seventy five dollars for them. And for the Stones, that's not even that bad. I no, mean, isn't that crazy? Isn't that that's insane? Yeah, it's totally insane to it's, me. It's insane. But Lamb Chop is thirty five bucks, so that yeah. won't be a problem. And how, how busy <clears throat> you're a huge music fan and yeah. and you go it seems like you go a lot but few and far between is your schedule really busy that you're not available most of the time uh, well as I was telling Joe I uh, it's busy when we're shooting but we just finished a six month run and so now I've got plenty of time so what, how so you shoot for like six months and then what you're off for like six months is that how it goes it's, it's gonna shake out that way now and, yeah and, and you yeah. like log a bunch of episodes we did 64. How come I, I was listening and you guys do like specialty episodes to keep it like fresh and everything like that? Because how many seasons has it been? Uh, it's something in the it, it, it's something like 45 or 46 seasons. But the, the, the word season doesn't mean much to right. me when you're always we're yeah. always airing new ones. Yeah. Um, and for me, we, we shoot multiple seasons, quote unquote, in a in a in a run. So yeah. 
For me, it's just how many episodes. We're we're at about seven hundred episodes. That's incredible. I, this we're, this is season. Insane. This is season two of our podcast. I've just decided. <laughs> cool. So season we're two, tw- episode episode twenty one. Twenty two. Oh, twenty two. You've okay. done twenty two. Yeah, that's cool. Not bad, right? No, that's that's really good. I know. We're excited about months. it. Yeah, in what? two months, who drives this bus, man. <laughs> this guy. Do you get? Um, has it? Have you been able to grow it pretty quickly? I mean, it seems like a good, like people like it, a good vibe. Anyway, I wanted to ask you though, real quick, about because um, you guys do specialty episodes. Why don't you do one where like it's musicians getting? And, I have and, actually thought of that. And why can't I be on it? You, there's no reason you couldn't. I want to be on it. I want to. <laughs> do you? Are you a veg? I, no, no. I. In fact, I want to talk to you about that. I was, and then I went into keto, and then I almost. I've kind of been doing even carnivore, like, and it's been, it's been mind blowing. The the, the effects it's had on my overall health, on my mental health, on everything. It's like it's unbelievable because I was somebody who believed in plant based completely and was mm-hmm. just you know supplements this. I don't really take supplements anymore. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just doing a, mostly ketogenic stuff and like very little carbs. It's kind of good to get your energy naturally, I guess. It's like more fat-based burning or so. What, what's your whole take on all that I stuff? Just, I just eat whatever I want, but right. I, but in, uh, in wide variety, I'm all about wide variety. Uh, I never yeah. eat the same thing twice in a row. And uh, my mom does something that I think is related to keto. She eats, so she eats real butter. Uh-huh, she, that's me too. She eats grass-fed meat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, do, I try to get humanely treated whatever. You of know, course. Of course, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, the interesting thing is, and sorry to interrupt, but it was like, since I've been on this diet... I cook every single meal. I don't ever order any, and I used to only order in. And I that, feel good and about that when you when when you can when you can get, when you have the time to do that. I I like to do most of my own cooking too. I had a I had an exciting cooking fail last night. What happened? Total. It's just I just hated the dish. I have a bunch. I grow tomatoes on my roof, and I uh-huh. found this recipe for a tomato pie right. that sounded good, and I spent hours on it. Half the tomatoes were roasted, half of them were raw. Put them in a pie shell that, that, that I should have known when I got it was it was all cracked. You know, I should have made my own pie dough. I just didn't want to. Tomato pie. I ate like three or four bites of it and bailed. I'm going to take the. To- I'm going to get the tomatoes. It doesn't sound great, right? It had it cheese on the like, top. It had I mean, parm she- and <laughs> As- Asiago cheese. I would have ate it. But tomatoes I, are great. No, I know, but you know. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna keep the tomatoes and put them on a pizza or something. Yeah. I, as, I, while I was making it, I, I said to myself, "I bet I'm gonna eat this and wish I had made it into a pizza right. instead of a pie." Yeah, I guess a pizza is a pie anyway. Yeah. So how did you get into get being like uh, on Chopped and all the TV stuff and everything? Super how, lucky. How, what happened? Well. Um, when I was I was an editor at Chicago Magazine because you were, you were a writer right yeah like, and I was writing for Esquire that's it you were like a yeah okay and a friend of mine who lived here told me about this casting notice for a show called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy mm-hmm. and I I decided I would spend two hundred bucks get some FaceTime with my Esquire editor which has helped when when you don't live in New York it's really smart to get 
FaceTime connections with your editors. I mean, not FaceTime with an iPhone. I mean, actually seeing them. So I spent the money. To cra- I crashed on a friend's sofa. I went to this audition and thinking that a I'd never get the part, and, and the also show you, would never air. And you were also just thinking about oh, let me like sit, hang out with the uh, editor too. So yeah. it was like that kind of justified the expense to you. Totally. What happened uh, was the show did get made. I did get the part. The show was a hit for about Huge. a year. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was kind of like a comet. It was a flea, It was a short-lived but hot-burning hit. But it got me enough visibility that I was able to get a gig judging on Iron Chef America and Top Chef at the same time, which I did for a couple of years and kept me on television and kept me top of mind with Food Network. And when this opportunity came up, I don't, th- I don't know if they thought I could carry a show or not. But the thing is, I, I, I know they had doubts. But the thing is, I have three judges who also helped me carry it. Mm-hmm. And the, the stars of the show are the people who are competing. And it took off. It's been on the air for ten and a half years. Yeah. I mean, it's a total meal ticket. It's, I'm really lucky. It's like, that's a pun. That's a pun. It's a fun show. It's a, no, it's, gr- it's just fun as hell to watch that show. I'm I, sorry. It's a great. It's like. Dude, it's like, a, you know, once you start watching it, you're like, okay, next episode. It's like it's the commercials maybe, that kill me. Yeah. Maybe I should. No, I hate the commercials kill me, too. Maybe <laughs> yeah, I should sucks. say just for the sake of listeners who don't know that I'm Ted Allen and I'm the host of Chopped on the Food Network. Yeah, we let it, people introduce themselves. Oh, is that how podcast. it works? Yeah. <laughs> They'll figure it out. Ted I'm just trying Allen. to get some more eyeballs. <laughs> Ted Allen is here with us. Thanks for coming on. Hey, my pleasure. It's great to see you. Yeah, it's great to see you. I too. wish you had a guitar with you. Well, um, we got one downstairs. <laughs> we could, we could, we could do, a, we could do a song together. That would be cool. I'd be. We I'll try. Do, we should do a Ho'oponopono song with Ted Allen. That would be awesome. I don't know if I know that one, but I could probably learn it. No, but we're gonna make it up as we go. Wait, but go back to Chopped. Well, you were on Top Chef, and and I was, Iron a, I was, a, I was a judge on Top on Top Chef and Iron Chef, and which is kind of competing like competing networks, right? Or not really? Yes, competing yeah. networks, which shows you how it's it's. It's not the it's it's you know they the judges rotate they're they're not all that particular uh, about you. You only did that once. I d- well I did I I was actually a regular on both of those shows really? for a couple of years. And nobody frowned on it. No, they did. I don't think they really noticed or cared. But and it doesn't pay much. But it did keep me on television, and kept me in f- enough, on yeah. the front burner at Food Network. And then when this opportunity came up. They or you know they when when a new show starts at Food Network they usually order about either six episodes or thirteen episodes or whatever and you know throw it on the wall and see if it sticks uh, and it this one stuck big time so they started ordering much bigger orders and we've been at it nonstop for ten and a half years it's, it's never going to stop I, it's our ratings are as good as they've ever been uh, but it's got a lot of moving parts it's got re- re- I think we have really good editors we have really good you know we we do put themes uh, on the shows for the most part we'll do a show about you know, um, um, cured. Well, actually, we didn't. Wouldn't do a show about that. I'm having trouble thinking of themes. Um, we do holiday shows. Well, the Thanksgiving one the shows. theme that I loved you talking about was uh, p- uh, people, um, school worker. Oh, the cooks, lunch ladies. The lunch ladies. Yeah. And how they and there was a story. They, they one of them was giving out backpacks full of pasta and <laughs> food that sticks to the ribs, like you said. That was Cheryl with, Barbara from New Haven, Connecticut. Without yeah, without other kids. No, this is heart. This is heart wrenchingly beautiful. Without other kids knowing that there was food stuffed in there. Yeah. That Cheryl Barbara in, of New Haven, Connecticut is a is a lunch 
worker at a school and she buys backpacks and puts food in them. The reason she buys backpacks is so the other kids won't know that the, that the underprivileged kids are need the handout. She's helping them avoid stigma and it's so heartwarming. Can we all try a little harder to be like this lady? Yo, I mean, she probably makes it, $10. Like, honestly, I'm about to cry. Like, Can we just try harder? Humanity, can we please just be more like this lady? Yeah, even halfway but, as good. I mean, if we could be halfway as good as this lady. And, you know, when you work like, in a... In dude, a it's when you, crazy. When you, work in like, a, <laughs> when you work in a school cafeteria, you make about probably $10 an hour. That's, you know, she's not a rich person. That's empathy right there. So, that's, that's love. It's that's love. Lo empathy, and, and that's like, yeah. that's... The opposite of that beast on the floor right there. Right? That's the opposite of that. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. That Everybody loves that episode. And also we had <sighs> Sam, Sam Cass, the Obama's uh, former personal chef, yeah. was a judge on that show. And he's also great to have around. Um, I, I would say that's a highlight episode for me, too. That's amazing. I can't believe you haven't done the music one. And I can't believe it's going to be me versus Liam Gallagher. Yeah, you. Oh, you know what? You know who we did have on. Come on, let's do this. We did have um, Dweezil Zappa on. I love Dweezil. I met and he him. Was, he was great. Really yeah. nice. He's a nice guy. Is he a judge or did he cook? He cooked, and he's he's an avid cook. And a lot of a lot of. I mean, it kind of stands to reason. First of all, we all have to eat. Secondly, a lot of people who are into the arts are going to be drawn to cooking cooking as much as any other. You I'm know, a weirdly good craft. cook. What was the last I'm thing you cooked? I'm not surprised. I'm good. What? Wait, what was the last thing you cooked? I cooked right before I came here. I made six eggs and bacon and, a, and liver pate. <laughs> That's a lot of eggs. <laughs> I eat that many <laughs> eggs every time I eat eggs. Well, I you're eat a big boy. Six eggs. I did 90 minutes of hot yoga too before I came here. That's impressive. Yeah, glad I hugged you. <laughs> it's hot out too, by the way. It is hot, but I took a cold shower right afterwards. Okay, I do a lot of walking. I don't do um, any working out, but I walk a lot. I try to get ten thousand steps. I wear this counter thing, and New York is such a great city for walking. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's the best. It's, it's it is the best. It's the emotion on the street. Totally. There's no other place like it. Art, architecture, culture, weirdness, Don't freaks. you love it? Where do you live? I live in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn Heights kind of thing. Well, it's not as elderly as Brooklyn Heights. It's more diverse. I'm mm -hmm. right next to the Pratt Institute, so there are lots of art students and yeah. young kids around, which I dig. Um, in, in the appropriate way. Um, I, I knew what you meant. Uh, and it, also where I work, we have a lot of kids in their 20s, which is, I like having that around. It helps, they, they keep me a little more current with music. Yeah. They uh, bust my chops a lot. It's fun. What do you think the difference between like the new young people like in their 20s versus like us? Like what, what how old are you? I am a 54. So we're like similar. I'm 47. But like, what about like the younger people, like twenties? They're different, right? I don't know. I mean, with every generation, people tr people um, label them. I guess I'm an X, and everyone's and all people my I'm age are kind of come are kind of dragging the millennials. Uh, what do you What do you mean? That that's the twenty somethings, yeah, the, and the millennials and below the millennials. Um, everyone's you know. It's what just do you like, mean by dragging them? But it's saying that they're lazy, saying that they oh. they want everything to be handed to them. I, I don't. I think don't. So. I'm not down with that at no, all. I think they're kind of advanced, but like I'm hanging out with talented ones. Um, 
of which there are many. I, yeah. I, I just resist putting labels on whole generations yeah. of people because of their age. And I also think if you if you don't like millennials, you better get used to them because pretty soon they're going to be running this joint. Yeah. Uh, but I have. I mean, I know I know lots of very hardworking millennials, lots of really creative, smart millennials, yeah. just like any generation. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of resist uh, generalizing about them. Yeah. Um, they're just young people. No, generalizations are always bullshit. But it's fun to talk in generalizations on a thing like a podcast. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> uh, you know. Um, <laughs> I dig their energy. I, I, yeah. I, uh, and I still have. I'm, I'm still pretty energetic, but you know, it's. I'm starting to get a little bit creaky. Really? <laughs> I don't. I used to jump down five steps when I went down hey, to the subway, and now I jump down. I about wouldn't have three. given you forty-two. <laughs> forty-two. He doesn't. He looks like he's in his late thirties. Oh, uh, thank yeah. you, man. I appreciate it. But it, he said fifty something. Yeah, which is bananas to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, me and too. And he looks great, and he's fit, and he doesn't exercise. I mean, well, I exercise. I walking is exercise. And he eats what he wants. I eat, but I eat pretty well. I eat pretty balanced. Right. I don't, I don't eat a lot of sweets. That's the key, carbs and sweets. Yeah, eliminate that. You know, I used to have a I used to have a drink once in a while while we were working, and I and because they we we do this one variation yeah. on the show called After Hours, where the uh-huh. judges themselves cook. Yeah, and we have wine and stuff. And I and I I realized that I I don't need to be intoxicated on a broadcast environment. It just no. it, it, it takes takes me off my game a little I've bit. I've stopped all that stuff. Weed makes me fear based. Oh, yeah, I can't a lot do, of people say that. Yeah, like I would like overthink everything, like especially when you start a podcast and stuff like that and you're like talk, you know, running your mouth and taking chances. Can I ask you how you write a song or sure. or is it different every time? Um you know, I usually will like just mess around with guitar and then I'll be like struck by a me- melodic vibe, you know, mm-hmm. which like getting a melody in is like sort of gift oriented, you know, like I feel like people who have a gift with melody that is kind of a gift, you know, I don't, it's hard to think about working on a melody because it has to just kind of arrive, I feel like. Do you always get the music before the words? Usually. And then the words will just sort of present themselves or like a concept but every once in a while I'll write lyric first I've done albums where I've written lyrics first like Ballad of Boogie Christ was all lyrics first mm-hmm. but now um, the new stuff is more just like music first and then yeah and then you just like slot in the words I mean know. when I did write songs not to draw any comparisons between mine and yours because uh, yours are better but I, ne- I never I didn't find it especially hard yeah uh I just think it's it's just something you have to keep doing. Well, yeah, and just like anything else, you know, just, just you, practice. You have the drive, both of an artist and someone that needs to make money doing that. Which, well, yeah. Which doesn't hurt in, in terms of motivation. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm fully motivated in that way in terms of just like, yeah, I, I, I need to survive. And I'm overcoming a lot of wild shit in my life over the last few years, too. <laughs> Which is which is oddly helpful. I mean, because of things like starting this podcast and just you know, like you said, just like working on survival. You know, what was it that brought you from Red Hook to back to Manhattan? Uh, I had to leave my place in Brooklyn, um, and, and it was an illegal space. I was living in a garage that was converted into a recording studio mm-hmm. for like five or more than five years. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It, it, wasn't it kind of like behind an auto repair yeah. thing? It so, was cool, but it was like 
it, it it had an unhealthy vibe to it in that it didn't really have windows. It was, it worked for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. And it was a fire hazard, you know? Like, I'm it was sure. Like, even my landlords were like, dude, if something happens in here, you're going to, you know, they got worried about me, like, because of that. Um, my, you know, and then. Rebel Country was a great it was space. It's called Rebel Country. It was a great space. Rebel Country. Are you um, are you in a space where you're able to have a studio? Yeah, I, I'm in, and now I'm in the East Village, and it's just wonderful. I, just, I love it. I here. love living in Manhattan. I mean, you know, it's like I would always gravitate towards here anyway. Now I just wake up and I'm here, and it's like uh, the energy here is wonderful. I yeah, don't know. I'm just like really enjoying it. As much as the Lower East Side has changed, it has gotten yeah. a lot fancier. I used to live at Third Avenue and Tenth Street yeah. when I was in school. Uh, it's gotten a lot fancier, but it still has its identity, and it's one of my favorite. It neighbor- does. I would live. I would also live in the East Village it, if I were choosing in in Manhattan for sure. Yeah, it a hundred percent still has the vibe. People like try to act like, oh, New York's gone, you know now. Like, but it's not. I read somewhere that New Yorkers have been complaining about change since at least the 1700s. It's, exactly. It's what we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and by the way, so does everybody else. But at least New York is a place where it's it's worthwhile to to. It's valuable enough that we don't want to lose it. But I don't think it's going to happen. You yeah. know, change. It's going to change. Right. There's too many beeper stores already. But you know. There's still what are beepers? Stores? You know the beepers, those things, those message messenger. Though they pe- still have beepers. I, I guess they probably don't anymore have beepers. Do no, they? <laughs> cell phone stores. <laughs> They're called cell phones now. Right. Text yeah, I, I just dated myself. <laughs> um, but there's still plenty. I remember the beepers. But there's still plenty of great places to see bands. There, I'm, 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 there are millions of venues in this town that I haven't even been to yet. Well, right now we're in the Bowery Electric. You know, just Jesse Mallon's place, and, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, great music then. Yeah. I didn't know this was his. Yeah. I've I've seen him. Uh, he's like uh, I, I got a new uh, a new album coming out on October the tenth. I know no, I, October eleventh. I know I pre-ordered it. Oh, you did. Thank and, you. And I heard the one the, the one song that you did release. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. I'm My so problem. happy you heard it. I was hoping you had heard it. I, I absolutely. Um, and but there's a song on it on the new album called Mayor of the Lower East Side, and it's. Uh, kind of inspired by Jesse Mallon. Okay, that that just explains something to me. So, I saw Jesse Mallon when he was playing a show that uh, he was hired by John Varvatos uh-huh. to play a show for a party celebrating some kind of fashion thing. And now I, you just made the connection for me because John also not only really loves rock and roll but really identifies with the Lower East and took over CBGB's and for took his over CBGB's. Store. And while his clothes are very expensive, I like that he took over CBGB's because he made it kind of a shrine. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's cool. It's like, uh, and and what I like about Jesse is that he's keeping the like this club we're in right now. This is like. Okay, it's not CBGB's, but it's the closest thing to CBGB's we have now. Right, so he, right next door to where CBGB's was, and it's pretty fucking kick ass. So he, so this place books the same that kind of talent, like yeah, it's young, like rock and roll, yeah, like you know, punkish. They try, like, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, it's, I'm. It, 
It's, I'm going to start it's watching for a lot of those punk bands. You, yeah. oh, if you want to come to this Stones thing we're doing here on uh, Sunday night, you're also welcome. It's Sunday night. Sunday night, yeah. I have to check with headquarters, but yeah, sure. check with headquarters. But yeah, for but sure. But that's that's good to know because um, I used to go to. I, as I said, I lived really close to CBGBs back in the day. Yeah, I saw the, I saw the Dandy Warhols there, which was awesome. That I, would be awesome. I love that band. Yeah, they're I was, pretty damn good. I was just thinking about. What I like I, Brian I, Jones Town Massacre too. I like them too, but uh, the the Dandies are I I got, I got to meet them there because I was trying to figure out how I got into your music. Were you ever? Did you ever do anything for Capital? No. So I, I had a friend who was a publicist at Capitol Records who actually got me into that show and introduced me to the Dandy Warhols and Courtney Taylor Taylor, who, as you would imagine from his songs, is really not that nice of a person. <laughs> That's kind of their thing. I met They're, him. He was okay. He was okay. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. He's I just <laughs> asked him the wrong question. <laughs> what I, happened? I just said something like, oh, yeah. man, I see you guys are touring Europe in, you know, in, in a week or two. And he's like, oh, God, don't remind me. Which, and I don't... I, 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 yeah, it's that's so sort of funny though. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Like, <laughs> well, all all his songs are basically sneering at people, yeah. you know, in a really snotty way. Yeah. But I, I love their chops. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think I discovered that there's an album out from them that I don't own, so I got to get that. Um, I got some stuff to buy. I like that you can still be a fan of a band even if you think even if you're off put by somebody's personality. That's a that's big of you. Well, I think it's consistent with his with his artistic output, yeah. you know, and, and the big, their biggest song is We Used to Be Friends. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I haven't thought of you lately at all. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. What about like are you a Bob Dylan fan? Def I definitely am, and I definitely respect him. But I, uh, but it's not something I'm playing a lot right now. Right. Um, I'm trying to find more new things. Yeah. And there's just so much. It's overwhelming. It's weird. I feel like, as a musician, like when I hear about, like when I hear you talk about music, you're more of a fan of music than I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like trouble finding new stuff that you like. I just don't, I'm just not like a big fan of music. It's weird. You know, I, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. But like certain people are fans of music and certain people are like not. I'm a massive fanboy. I going, yeah. going to, I've been going to concerts since I was 15. Yeah. I mean, I saw the Cars. What's your favorite ever concert? I mean, I've or seen a lot favorite of. Favorite top three. Uh, it, it, it's going to be really hard to answer that. But in, my, in the past couple of years, I can say. David Byrne put on an amazing show, played tons of stuff from Remain in Light, like mm -hmm. Cross-Eyed and Painless, The Great Curve, mm -hmm. uh, all this. All the, I mean, it was basically like seeing Talking Heads yeah. during the Stop Making Sense era, which I also did. I yeah. saw the Heads in 84 or 83 right. when they were doing that for the first time. Uh, I just saw random, I went to a party where the band that was performing was Earth, Wind and Fire. And what I was, party was that? Uh, the the president of Discovery Networks oh, had, okay. had a big party last Labor Day at his house on the beach in the Hamptons. How much did he pay for Earth, Wind, and Fire? I gotta imagine he paid quite a bit. What do you guess? A hundred grand? I would think more. I would say two fifty. You think really two fifty? Yeah, yeah, that's what private private events go for at a minimum and a band's on that I, I, I played a party for Keanu Reeves once. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to say how much it was. I hear he's really Is nice. Is he a fan? Yeah. He, it, he well, requested it. It was, uh, he, it was a birthday party for his best friend and uh, 
She was a big fan. But he was re- he's really cool. And then he ended up coming to uh, one of my gigs in Manchester, too, like when I played the night and day. And That's he was, cool. Yeah, he's a super cool dude. That's like, what I've read. And now he's kind of like rising into sort of sainthood, if like you, his public. Yeah, for some But reason. it's like deserved, like, because he's like such a cool dude. He's got a great publicist, apparently. I think he's probably just like, yeah, coming from, well, the, Coming from such a good, genuine place, you know. That's co- that's great to. That's the number one thing you you ask anyone who's met someone famous is like, is is he nice? Yeah, he's super. Cool. A lot of them are nice. Yeah. Uh, I haven't met that many uh, famous people who aren't nice. I've met some who are dull. We've had a lot of interesting guests on Chopped, like Jessica Alba and the actor Zachary Quinto, both of whom were great. Uh, we had the race car driver Danica Patrick. We've had comedians. Um, Todd Berry has not been on. He should. I don't know if he's that into food. <clears throat> well, he's into his cat. Yeah, that's not food. <laughs> and, hopefully, and we we did these life. We I wanted to go back to Todd Berry because we sort of skirted over that. Like, and um, and then we went, we need had, to text him and find out if his Colin. Um, with if his feud with Colin uh, Quinn is real, yeah, or if that's just something they ginned up for to to, to get people going, yeah. So we have these life purpose cards, and then he goes, "Wait, you mean you paid for those?" It was a super funny quip. I, I I don't understand the context of the what what are these cards about? We just give we just pick them, and then you read it, read it, okay, and that's it. And you see if you relate to it, and then he did that, and then he goes, "Wait, you paid for this?" Like. <laughs> But so he's got a feud with Colin Quinn, huh? Apparently. Yeah. I mean, there's probably money in that. That probably gets attention. People like feuds. So what did you like being on his podcast? Or I what? did. We went long. We went like an hour and 15 minutes. We, 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 hit, we got along great. I mean, most of, his, most of his guests, I think he keeps them for 45 minutes or an hour. And, uh, yeah, had, he said most of his guests he knows and he just insults. And you were like, I'm for that. Go for it. He did not insult me, yeah. thankfully. N- n- not that I recall. I think he told me that, that generally he brings his friends in and That's ber- how he berates opened. them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, shout out to Todd Berry. Yo, Todd. <laughs> <clears throat> Todd's a good guy. Yeah. Smart. Smart and funny. Two of my favorite things. All right, pick a so card. So I'm picking a card now. I'm picking a life purpose card. A life purpose card, yeah. What's your T-shirt? It looks like it's, David Bowie. It does. That's why I bought it. It's just a zigzag with a rainbow on it. A rainbow zigzag. I don't. It's like a superhero. Oh, it's like a lightning bolt. Yeah. Usually, yeah, lightning bolt. Usually we have helium before we read these, but we didn't bring the helium oh, with us today. Damn. You know what? I just I just had a helium balloon recently. I forgot how much fun that was. Yeah. <laughs> it, I don't it, like it. It gives. A, if you do too much, you get a headache pretty quickly. I don't like it. I do this character called Helium Guru sometimes on Instagram, but. It's not with helium. It's just I speeded up the video. <laughs> okay. All right. Go M- for my it. My life purpose card says it's time to decide. Mm-hmm. Make a decision based on your heart's true desires. I don't know. I pretty much already do that. Yeah. It's time to decide. Make a decision. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah. I'm beginning to agree with Todd Berry about these life purpose. You cards. actually paid for these cards? <laughs> Wait, let me have another one. <laughs> yeah, take a. What do you want to do? The dragon one. The dragon one's fun. Sure. Or do you want another life purpose? Yeah. Oh, right. these. I mean, these are too earnest. Crea- yeah. Creative expression. Your soul longs to express itself creatively. Well, that's true. I don't need you to tell me that. Yeah. 
Well, you know what? The lady that made these, apparently she went Christian and disavowed these cards. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why if you go Christian you have to disavow things. But well, Doreen Virtue is a great name for, for a good Christian. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Okay, try this one. Yeah, let's go for this. The Motivation Manifesto deck. Let me read my life purpose card before you read Go that. Go for though. it. Leadership, take charge of this situation. Well, Dude, I think that, I am because that, I just busted out another deck. That sounds like one of those successories posters that you see that the HR department hangs up in the yeah. in the break room. <laughs> I know. You know? All right, Todd Berry was right. All with a <laughs> with a with a picture of a whale or a you know a nature, you know teamwork. I know you're right. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, this is bullshit. Life is meant to be a vibrant, deeply felt, growing mosaic of long, meaningful moments. Tell it to a starving person, you know, in the desert. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is. If you're lucky enough to be rich and comfortable, you can be. You can. Wait, so what does it say before you go on a diatribe against it? <laughs> <laughs> I just, which part was the card and which part was your You need diatribe. to get some snarky cards. Get those cards <laughs> against humanity. Those are good cards. All right. good uh, life is meant to be a vibrant, deeply felt, growing mosaic of long, beautiful moments. Uh-huh. That was me using my voice talents right yeah. there. Yeah. And that's all it says? That's all it says. Have you ever done voice acting? I don't acting? get it. I have done a little bit, yeah. Um, or animation or... Oh, I, I yes, I'm a voice in the the Rocketeer. Really? I'm a, I'm a I, I have a small part in a Disney animated thing that's being reissued, The Rocketeer. I play the cast iron chef in four episodes of that that's being re-released as a series this year. Uh-huh. What's the Rocketeer? Ra- the movie. The Rocketeer was Rocketeer, a, like was a, a movie a long time yeah. ago from Disney and now it's been turned into a serial. Is it like a superhero? Yes, like a rocket guy. But set it's, in the yes, 40s it's a, or 30s or It's a female heroine uh the lead that is the rocketeer her name is Kit. And I'm only in four episodes. She, I think they're making like 20. Uh Kathy Najimi is in it and mm-hmm. a few other people you probably have heard of but that I can't think of right now. Uh but I'm excited. Doesn't pay a lot, but it's really fun to do. I was just about to say that must pay a lot. It's Disney. I they might have paid Kathy Naji- Najimi a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm saying her name wrong. Forgive me, Kathy. Um, wow. So was, is that fun to do? Just like, what do you do? Like, just, is it easy as hell? I would think that would be easy. It's it's pretty easy, and it's fun because I'm playing a villain. I'm playing, That's fun. I'm playing, the Cast Iron Chef is this guy who has a food truck who's trying to steal recipes uh-huh. from this successful restaurant. Yeah. And in fact, I actually, I don't want to give away any plot lines, Um so I should shut up, actually. But it's it's fun to be a villain. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves to hate villains. It is so I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's fun to be a villain. I want to be a villain in a Disney thing. Um, Ted will put in a word for you. I'll put in a word for you, man. Okay, let us not hope for mere chance to change our story. Let us summon the courage to change it ourselves. Some will stand in our way, but we mustn't hide or minimize ourselves any longer see i i can relate to that one i, 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 I like agree with i like that too but i, like I kind of think that you and i should get into the business of making decks of motivational cards it, it appears to be big business yeah and i think we could do better than this yeah like <laughs> there should be <laughs> at an, least as good as there should be an occasional snarky one too yeah 
Like, why do you need a deck of cards to find motivation, you loser? <laughs> or just one. <laughs> or the Todd Berry card that just you pulls it. You mean you actually paid for this? Yeah. Of course, if you produced that, then somebody would, you know, blow, blow their heads off or something. And you'd yeah. get blamed for it. And we don't need that. So what did you do? What, what, I didn't really ever check out Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. What, what was your character on uh, that? Or was it, that was reality-based, right? That, like, was, that was totally a reality and show. It, and, and it was, the premise of that was just different people that were experts at certain things that yeah, were informing straight dudes. Yeah, they would find sort of a schlubby guy mm-hmm. who needed a makeover who had a whose place was a dump. Okay, yeah, we, I have seen the show. Yeah, yeah, now I remember. And uh and I'm yeah, we I'm super grateful for it. It got me onto television and now I'm doing something that I'm more interested in doing. Right. Um, it it took a week to make do those makeovers. It was a lot of trouble. Oh, really? It took a week to make an episode and now I do an episode in a day. What uh, so was it? There must have been some fun, interesting, weird stories. We found all kinds of stuff. We found so much pornography. Really? Every, everybody, of course. Back then, it was all still printed. Magazine. <laughs> That's how yeah. long ago the show was on. Yeah. It was 15 years ago. Um, it was, so it was five gay guys making over a straight guy. Uh, and it was interesting but just to put those populations each together. Each gay guy, like a specialty at certain things. Like this, who, what were you? The I was specialty? the food and wine guy. You're the, why are you the food and wine guy? I came from a background of food writing and restaurant criticism. Oh, I and, see. And, and I talked a good game, and I got the part. And how did you get into food writing and, and uh, criticism like that? Like, how, how, where, how did your, where did your expertise come from in that realm? Um, it, I was always into cooking anyway, but, um, and I did a fair bit of it. But when I worked at Chicago Magazine, you know how city magazines most city magazines cover restaurants uh-huh. as an important part of what they do, including New York Magazine. And so while I, when I was there, I auditioned to be on the staff of the critics. Mm-hmm. And they sent me out, and I was good at it, and I took it really seriously and was very descriptive of, of these restaurants that I went to. Uh, and that just played nicely into the ability to explain how to the straight guys here's how, how do you cook a lobster what are the different styles of champagne you know I, all i had to do was teach him to do one thing so it was mm. and, and the, so the and the options for me were limitless you mm. know um, what what you know how do you cook indian food or I, I, actually it's not even that general how do you make you know a samosa mm-hmm. um and it was and it was fun but i remember once we were shooting in new york city in july the weather was just as hot as this and I had decided that because the straight guy was a Portuguese-American, I was going to introduce him to some Portuguese cooking. And I suggested a linguiça, which is a type of Portuguese sausage, a linguiça stew. And his apartment was not air-conditioned. And we were making this bloody stew that, you know, that I had to cook forever. And the, oh, God, it was awful. Well, if, if, like, I would have just said to him, like, hey, here's the first tip. Get an air conditioner, <laughs> right? We sh- we should have gotten him an air conditioner. Was was that show before the boom of the reality TV shows, or did that start it? It was it was in that show began in two thousand three, so I'm, we're talking a long time ago. And you won an Emmy for that. We did get an Emmy, yeah, yeah. And the new version of Queer Eye just won three Emmys. That's wild. So I guess it just shows you that that I never thought they would make that show, re, that they would ever reboot that show, but they did. I never yeah. knew it ended. Um, I, I've never. I got to be honest. I've never watched it. Oh, that's I totally fine. I, but I was fully aware of it, and I was aware it was this big thing that everyone was always talking about. Yeah, it kind uh, of. I never knew you were on it. Something about it seems to resonate. Well, it's got a great name. Yeah. 
Yeah, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And then now they just call it Queer Eye. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Uh, it, it's just sort of shorthand. It's oh, okay. what everybody. That's what all the viewers started calling it. Yeah. And everyone knew what it was. Um, fun, the funny thing, the guy that got the food and wine category in the current version uh-huh. worked for me for three years. I introduced him to the producers. That's cool. And he got the job on his, own, on his own merits. Do you like him? Oh, yeah, he's great. So you're excited for him. I'm totally excited for him. I, I, I mean, actually, they're on Jimmy Fallon tonight. Oh, as a guest, just like, uh, that's cool. Did yeah. The, did the name ever bother anyone, uh, you guys? I actually, it bothered me a little bit because I didn't use that word a lot f- in yeah, to it d- seems describe like myself. Offense. I mean, it's it's offensive. But I way. think that... Why I is th- it offensive? It's just like, it's into, even in today's day and age, I just, it's not, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a great word. Queer? It's not, yeah, it's like... Well, the, uh, the idea some was... Some identify as queer, though, and it's not like, uh, it's, not, it's not derogatory or anything. I actually not lobbied against it. Oh, you did? But I think part of why the thing is a success is because that pr- it's a somewhat provocative right. yeah, to it was, call yeah, it that. It is. It's a good name. I think so, and the and the cast of the show was all gay, so you know we 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 can use that I've word if we ne- want. I've just never thought queer was in any way derogatory at all. Well, it's certainly a lot of people have embraced it now. now well, it's yeah. in the LGBTQ. Yeah, it's, it's the Q in that. It's so, in there. Well, so I'm talking 2003. 2003, it was. It was. I'll, t- I'll put it this way: we we got to do the Today Show once, and I'll never forget how uncomfortable Matt Lauer seemed to be to saying say the word queer right. when he was naming the show. I guess now, it, when you put it like that, yeah, because it, it's also sometimes people would use it as like a, yeah, a slur, like a slur, like yeah, yeah. I mean, things change over over yeah. time, and that's a word that's that interesting, definitely that's a has word, changed. That's a word that's become like less of a slur. Less. No, it's no problem. Mo- mostly, days. words become more. Of of a slur or like you know yeah but I was just curious those words. Like, that's probably a, good idea. a slippery other slope, than you other than like, you obviously no one at the network said guys we can't go with this. oh we were airing on Bravo you yeah. know they and actually we were we were the show that's that that catapulted Bravo into and a to, new place uh, but we had a as I said you know, only like a year and a half or two year run so that should have been the end of my TV career and I'm super, super grateful that something else happened that has lasted as long as Why this has. Why do you has. say it should have been the end? Because it was a fluke that I was on TV in the first place, um, or maybe, it, or maybe it wasn't. Do I don't you know. think so? Like, what, what, what is your um, philosophy about things like manifesting your reality and stuff like that? Like, do you have any magical thinking in terms of that? Or not what? especially. No, actually, not, not. I wouldn't say magical at all. I think that. Um, it's a combination of great good fortune or luck. I mean, or when it comes to TV, there's definitely a, a lot of luck involved if it's, if it's going to work well, mm-hmm. if you're going to get, if you're going to have a lasting career and certainly there's talent involved. I'm, but I'm not talking about me having any especially special talent. I was, you, you gotta, you gotta hustle. You're it's gr- like, you're it's a great like, host though. Well, thank you. But you're I'm, a great musician and to do that requires talent and work, a lot of hustle, you know, and it, and, and it requires some luck as well. To yeah. Be, I would say. Yeah, but like the reality that you've created, how, like you really like sort of think, oh, I'm, I just got lucky or like did, did you visualize the reality you've created or has it really just fallen on your like fallen on your lap, so to speak? Or I like, mean, it requ- you know, none of this could have happened if I didn't also work with really good people. 
Because, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, see, I did not create Chopped. Linda Lee created Chopped. But, but you, but, but my point is going deeper than that. Like you meeting someone like Linda Lee. You know what I mean? Like you meeting the good people. Like coming from, you know, where did you grow up? I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's funny. How long were you in Columbus, Ohio? Only as long as I. Oh, oh um, till I was. I, I don't know, second grade or so. Okay, because I'm from Akron, Ohio. You know what? I used to know that and forgot it. Yeah, I didn't know you were from Ohio. Yep. That's so funny. And, you know, Ohio's fine. Well, yeah, like so much magic comes from Ohio. I guess it does, doesn't it? Dude, like fucking the 12-step movement comes from Akron, Ohio. Para-Ubu is from Cleveland. Fucking Guided by Voices. Guided by Voices. Uh, Christy Hine. She's from Ohio? She went to my high school. I thought she was English. She went... (laughs) I did. I really did. Yeah, because she comes off like that, but... uh, (laughs) She's awesome. She 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 is sort of awesome. She accomplished... uh, There are are very few women who have been able to assert themselves as strongly as she has mm-hmm. as a front as a person strong, as a front person strong woman yeah um, and I, I really value her for that yeah uh, their music is great i need more of it i agree she was a big uh she's a big vegetarian too yeah total vegan she had a, total res- vegetarian. a, a restaurant called uh vegetarianium that's cool in ohio yeah it closed oh yeah. She probably doesn't live in Ohio anymore. Right? No, but she tried. Like she went back and like uh, I mean, she's got that song. I went back to Ohio. Yeah, but like uh, I don't think she lives there anymore. I don't really know. But the Black Keys too. They went to my high school. You know who lives in Ohio is Dave Chappelle. Yeah, on Dave a farm Chappelle in Cleveland. Crazy. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, I'm happy to be from there. Uh. I visit once in a while. So Ohio and then to second grade, then you moved where? To, um, my dad got transferred to Indianapolis. What'd your dad do? He was a CPA. He looked like an accountant. Super nerdy looking. Black Uh glasses, black frame glasses. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then your mom, what about your mom? My mom's still there. I lost my dad 10 years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, it was unfair. He, He was always a very well behaved man. He just got cancer. Uh, my mom is still there. She's got a nice husband. Um, we grew up in a house with a big wooded lot behind us and a creek and, you know, BB guns and camping and cutting down trees. and Real Americana type of upbringing. Yeah, totally. Really great place to grow up. Yeah. Um, but I'm more of a city guy. Uh-huh. So as soon as I, I did my undergrad at Purdue University, which is not especially urban, but I went to grad school here at NYU. NYU. And I knew I went and I, I, I didn't want to I would love to have started out in New York City, but I didn't want to have like three roommates uh, and live. You know how difficult it is to live in New York City yeah. when, you're, when you're broke. So I went to Chicago for like 13 years and worked there. What did you do there? I was a magazine editor and a reporter. Um, for an, for a, most mostly writing and editing for magazines. What kind of writing? Uh, I did everything from, uh, as I said, the restaurant criticism to celebrity profiles to serious business stories. Yeah. Um, at Chicago Mag, you know the kind of kinds of stories that you see in city magazines. It's a fun job. Would people then, when they met you, go like, "Hey, you got a great voice. You should do something on radio. You should become a personality." Did Did you get that kind of feedback from people um not nobody said that to me then but people say it to me now yeah well now it's obvious <laughs> like, you're like one of the biggest tv hosts 
around, you know. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I never, I'm, I never take it for granted. I'm really, yeah. really, I'm really, I'm really grateful. <laughs> it, anybody, People say it to you now. It's like, okay, great. You, you know, anybody who can who can have a job that they don't hate. Yeah. Right there is that you're you're much luckier than nine out of ten people. Definitely, when you get to, to say nothing of having a job where you get to be creative and express yourself, um, which you genuinely do, hundred percent do. Yeah, um, I'm very lucky. Uh, but you're very talented too. Thank you. Uh, I feel like the work that we do is it has some value. It's funny. It's interesting. I think knowing about food is a valuable thing, mm-hmm. and it's fun to watch people. Artistic people express themselves that way. Yeah. You're very approachable for somebody who's as famous as you are. And also, you're very nice and generous. Like, I remember one of my friends, uh, Catherine in Mexico, was watching your show, uh, um, Chopped. And and then i like, oh, my God, I know him. You know, and then I texted you. And then um, somehow linked you or gave you her number or vice versa and you like were nice enough to text her some nice things and it was just you're very like that i just want people to know that about you i just think it's uh um, that's really cool dude well i'm lucky to have this i'm I'm lucky to even be in this position so i think i think i need to pay it back uh, when it comes up, you know what I really like. Even you being on our podcast again, happy I, to be here. Thank you for doing it. I just wanted to see you, yeah. and hang out a bit. Yeah. Um, what I don't know. You may not get this because your 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 art is not really kid oriented. Mm-hmm. But our show ben, is something that children watch and every age range watches. Yeah. So have you ever had? I often get the experience of like an eight year old uh-huh. turning around a corner and spotting me, and, uh-huh. and, and their eyes. Blowing up into sauce into saucers. Yeah, that's right. Carmen did she, that a little bit. She too. was excited to meet you, and and, yeah, yeah. and, and that's was, pretty Ehud, neat. Ehud was like Carmen so, was excited to meet. I'll Ted. tell I'll tell the story. Okay, so, go for it. So yeah, yesterday, uh, randomly, Carmen asked me, "Daddy, I don't know why, Daddy, do I know any famous people?" <laughs> and I said, hmm. "Carmen, you know Joe. She knows a lot of musicians because um, I also work in music." And she's like. They're not famous. She's I was right. Like, <laughs> I mean, she's like, so, she's got a point. So then I said, <laughs> "Fame's not all it's cracked up to be." So then yeah, I said, yeah. uh, "You know what, Carmen? Tomorrow's podcast is with Ted Allen." She's like, "What?" <laughs> so you've seen our show, Carmen? Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, me and my mom usually watch it a lot. Thank you very much. So, I appreciate so, it. So an eight-year-old, she's like, "Oh, Ted Allen, he's famous. That's cute. He's on TV." And so and to her, so if you're on TV, too. then you made it. That's well, we're, that's the. We'll have to take a picture together, Carmen. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a real treat to be able to make a make a make yeah. a kid happy. Yeah. You know, just by taking. And they a love an eight-year-old for some reason. Uh, she watches all the cooking shows on Netflix, and it's. Kids, it, kids it are really. It in, yeah. Kids are into it. And, yeah. and as you know, we we have a version of Chopped for where the kids compete. Yeah. Chopped Junior, kids age nine to fourteen. They kids know how to work with lemongrass these days. They what, come in and make Thai food. What you do know, you give? Awesome. Ki- what do you give kids to cook? Like what, we give what, them the same kinds of difficult thing. ingredients we give to grownups, and they often do better than hmm. grownups. And you know what? what I, the, I think a reason for that is that when you're when you're a kid, you haven't been 
professionally trained. You, you're not boxed into knowing what's the right way and the wrong way yeah. to do something. You don't know the, all the rules yet, so you're more creative with food. And yeah. and they tend to do things that are a little crazier and often more successful. That's the same way with, they are with painting and and a lot of times. 100%. I mean, it's. I think the key is like, can you hang on to that creative spark as you like go through the world beating you down? Yeah, I think there's a lot <laughs> to that, and um, yeah, and uh, and if you can, you're lucky, I, or or maybe or maybe you made it happen yourself, in which case you're just. No, I think yeah, I think there's a lot of luck involved in that. I mean, when you say like fame isn't all it's cracked up to be, what do you mean by that? I mean, well, I I. I, I mean that I'm not actually famous enough for fame to be a problem, and that's right. a good thing. You're at a good level of fame, I would think, like where it just is like a nice guest pass through life a lot of times. But actually, you probably get recognized every day. Not every day. That's it's it's at a level where there's there's a certain subset of people that are really into our show or f- cooking shows generally. And I, like I just came from a I, I get did a speaking gig at a conference. Um, of produce, uh, the Produce Marketing Association, which is actually a really interesting group mm-hmm. in Monterey. These are all food, there are far, like farmers and people who are in the food industry, mm-hmm. but most of those people didn't recognize me until I gave my talk and then to, to 1,800 people. And then suddenly I was a, a conference celebrity, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And that, so then I had to start taking pictures with people. Um, but, you know, if you're, if, if you're going to be like George Clooney famous, you yeah. need to be paid George Clooney money. Yeah, that's because too you famous. Because ha- you have to have a jet. That you would know, be a you, drag. You can't even take a normal no, airplane. That, that would just suck. I think it would kind of suck. That would suck. I, I'm at the level where if I get recognized, it's a tri- It's still, it's fun. Like, I'm like, oh, really? You know who I am? Like... Yeah, but you know, you know see what what where, <laughs> where I get starstruck is the fact that you know Peter Gabriel. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and Peter Buck. Yeah, you only hang out with, with people named with him. I know you are. I have that album. Do you yeah. only play with musicians named Pete? I was going to go to your show in Williamsburg, and something came up, and I missed it. Um, but that's Take okay because the next uh, the next one will be on point. I'm playing Rough Trade actually uh, in October. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, okay. Rough I'm gonna... Trade in Brooklyn. With, um, Jesse, with Jesse Mallon. No, I think that one is it's just so on my own, but me and Jesse Mallon are going on a co-headlining tour in October. That's awesome. It's going to be awesome, yeah. That'll be will you do, Will you do stuff together, or will you just play one, I think, like, before and after each other? Before and after, but like uh, I think we're going to probably end up doing stuff together, too. I definitely won't miss Cause, that. Because we're bros. Yeah. I, I, had a, a, I was <laughs> curious <laughs> about, about one it. thing about Chop. That's that's your main your main gig. Yeah. Um, do you ever feel like you need more than that? Like that you're looking into new things? Because if you have six months off or or what happens when Chop ends? So I, that's something, something weird's going on in your, in your kitchen, man. Um, no, I, I, I definitely, I went through a phase probably at about the seventh year where I was like, man, am I doing, I, you know, I'm kind of doing the same thing for such a long time. And then I looked at it from another perspective, which is just, first of all, there are very few TV shows that, stay on TV for 10 plus years and still have ratings. When your ratings are good, you're unlikely to get canceled. Um, so I'm not, you know, but I'm, but I also was just thinking creatively. I actually have a, I have a, um, I have a commitment from the network to do as pilot of something different. 
Uh, for wait. for me to try so I can stretch out a little bit. That's cool. It is doing the same thing. Yeah. The thing is, it's it's a very formatted show. So I, in in one sense, I'm doing the same thing every time. But what what keeps it fresh is that the the, the rest of the cast rotates Changes. around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's always a different, and the chefs are always different. Mm-hmm. The competitors are always different. So it's it, there's always something we get surprised. We still get surprised. What's the new thing going to be? Can you say? I, I actually don't know yet. Oh, you don't know? No, but they're they're going to develop something. Yeah, we. I, I just signed a new contract. That's that was smart part of them. The, part of the deal. That's smart of them. It's nice of them. Thank you, it's, Food Network. <laughs> it's also smart of them. Well, they want to keep you around. But that's smart. That's why they're being smart. But yeah. it's most of the of the chefs in the Food Network hop between many shows, right? I do There's show up on Beat Bobby Flay sometimes. There, there was. I mean, they, they. They they try they tried a couple things. It's just that not everything sticks. We did a show called um, uh, All Star Academy, which was had two seasons, uh, and I, that was with Mike Mike Simon and Bobby Flay and me and um, Alex Gornishelli. Bobby Flay, yeah, does Bobby he, Flay. Does he make fillet of fish? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so like, you know he, that could be a product <laughs> he could market. How, I know. How long did, did the Food Network when when you started? Did it ever? St- now it's this huge. I mean, not even before now, it's a huge thing. The Food Network yeah. was it? Did it ever struggle when you guys started? Where it was I mean, way before my time when they announced the Food Network is 25 years old now. Oh, okay. When they launched Food Network, people laughed at them and said nobody's going to want to watch anyone cook on television. And I, Food Network definitely got the last laugh. Um, I, I, there. I mean, their penetration. They're they're in pretty much every cable market. Ten um, years ago, they were. In a, in a well, they the were they were big enough that there was no uh, doubt. Oh yeah, Food Network was definitely really established. Even even probably fifteen or twenty years ago, they 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 took off like a um, like a juggernaut shortly after it launched. But in the beginning, I can understand people you know, being skeptical. But the the thing is, not only did Food Network help create the trend of people's interest in food, but they were there at the right time. I mean, in the last 25 years, Americans' interest in food and appreciation of things like olive oil and fresh herbs, you, you didn't find those things in every grocery store 25 years ago the way you do now. Hmm. It's a much better time for, to be a food lover now. Why do you think that happened? I think because Americans got interested in it hmm. and started wanting things to be fresh and real and developing more curiosity about other eth- uh, I don't even want to say ethnic that's almost insulting about other cuisines um, in a way that w- you know if you go back to the 50s the only fancy restaurants in the United States were French restaurants with white tablecloths that cost I mean, a lot like steakhouses maybe steakhouses too yeah and today the variety of the of restaurant you can find even in a small city let alone New York yeah. is extraordinary compared to what it was uh, Americans got into it they got into yeah. cooking like crazy. Um, and part of that was food, food Network deserves some credit for that, but so does Martha Stewart. So do a lot of other forces in the culture that people latched onto and were and became uh, interested in and yeah. wanted to learn how to do it. Yeah. Totally. And, and also children, even kids. You know, yeah. you were probably, didn't you ever, when you were a kid, want to bake a, bake a cake or make a pizza or something? And mm, not really. <laughs> I was kind of into it from the start. Yeah, no, I yeah. I I had a microwave and that's about it. But okay. Yeah, but like what does Barry do? Barry uh owns a business that sells vintage designer furniture from the 60s and 70s. How um, did you guys meet? We met at um in in broad daylight uh with no with no uh 
no alcohol involved or anything, at a meeting of the, the National Lesbian and Gay Journalists Association in Chicago. Huh. Yeah, most, most people meet in bars. Yeah. <laughs> or, or used to, anyway. Yeah. And we just hit it off. I mean, we've been together for 26 years. That's amazing. Crazy. 26 years. It is amazing, because we really annoy the hell out of each other. Really? No, I'm kidding. That's great, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know why I can't make anything work. You just haven't found the right one yet. <laughs> You've probably made it work for a while. I've made it work sometimes, but yeah, I, you know. If you think about it, <laughs> if you think about it, just finding it, people you want to hang around with at all right. is kind of hard. Yeah. Let alone the one you're going to stick with. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know. Did you guys ever consider kids? He didn't want them. I kind of have a little bit of a tug. I have a tug of that for sure. I want. I want to make babies. I always thought that if one, one in, in a couple, if one wants kids and the other doesn't, it can never work out. Well, it, it can. It, it can. I, know, I have friends that have that, and it, they still stay together. But a lot of people don't. Sometimes people that's, don't. You know, yeah. for some people, that's that's, a, yeah. that's mandatory. They want that experience, and I I'm willing to bend on it. But I the, the one the one thing that makes it possible for me to bend on it is your dog. No, it's that. Oh no, your cat. You have cats. No, no. I'm, what I'm saying is, if you have kids. You worry about them 100% of the time. All the time. And every once in a while you hear about something really difficult that happened with someone's kid. And I console myself with, well, you know, I can, I get freedom. But yeah. which is better, freedom or having that other life force, you know, in your life? Yeah. I, I understand the, uh, the, the tug. I really so do. So do you guys still debate it or is it just it's not happening I kind of feel like at my age. You're still young enough. I, I know. I, I could do it. Um barely young enough though I feel like I'm at that like I'm still young enough but it's like you gotta lift come on you have to be able like, to lift them up when yeah, they weigh 30 like, pounds you yeah, know and exactly. they're hot and sweaty you yeah, know yeah, I, mean, no. I mean look at Rod Stewart and Jagger they had kids in their 70s I know but I don't want to do that well no, they, they also suggest I want to have kids before I'm 50 alright yeah I think yeah. having kids is different when you're Rod Stewart and Mick Jagger too you, know, you <laughs> got like 87 nannies you don't nannies. take care of them yes. right <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but kids are cool. I love kids. I, lo I love shooting the show with kids. I love um, just, uh, I have great nieces and nephews. Um, they're awesome. They're hilarious. Imagine watching a kid like discover the world what, yeah. that, that, you're, that you already inhabit and imagine sharing the world with kids. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I just think like the shift of focus from like the, the universe being like you centered into like another center is like a super healthy shift like that's what happened to you right yeah you have to give up a lot but it's worth it <laughs> i think i think I'm sure, yeah. it's, I'm sure it's worth it but then again you don't know what you're gonna get when you have kids so you know that's true it's, you're, you're it's also gonna be like a human betting. being yeah yeah yep yeah do to you have, do you, totally an adventure for sure do you um go in for things like uh conspiracy theories or have you ever like read any david ike or ick or whatever his name is I, I started listening to some of his talks like this last week and that's interesting more interesting than i thought because he was this guy that i always heard about like lizard people and stuff like that which to me instantly was like okay there's no lizard people but like and, and but what I, if there I, were well, I don't even know, but like his talks are actually more interesting than that. Like that's like there there's some real interesting stuff and I'm just wondering, do you have any of that leaning or do you stay pretty mainstream in terms uh, of your perspective on all that kind of thing? I uh I'm I'm pretty much 
a reality-based person, but um, well, I'm, I'm, what's reality though? That, yeah, know. that's true. <laughs> you know, I don't like, know. I don't know anymore. I don't. There's plenty of it that I don't like. Right. These days, uh, but yeah. but there's still plenty of beauty in art and music. So mm-hmm. I try to, you know, you also enjoy in, what I can. In charities, right? Um, yeah, I think you need to be, um, and particularly when you have some kind of a little bit of a platform. Um, I work with City Harvest, which rescues. It's incredible what they do. They feed like 16 million people a year. They, 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 they rescue food from restaurants and grocery stores when it's a little bit past its prime but still totally safe to mm-hmm. eat. You know, like when the vegetables get a little ugly. That's amazing. Chefs of all people hate food waste. So if, even if they can't profit from it, they hate to see it go to waste. Look, one in six kids in New York City, kids, yeah. has food insecurity in their life and, goes, yeah. and regularly goes to bed hungry. That's kind of hard to take. Um, and in fact, share, there's another group, Share Our Strength, which is where Food Network puts all of its philanthropic energy. Uh, they have a specific program called No Kid Hungry. Um, when you make, when you're lucky enough to work in food television, mm-hmm. um, or if you're lucky enough to be a, a famous chef, it's a, it's a perfect fit yeah. to line up with something like City Harvest. Um, How'd you get involved with them? I just, um, my, my friend Mark Murphy, who's also on Chopped, was deeply involved with them, has been for a long time, and they uh, they do events all the time that make sense. Uh, it just felt like a good fit. I would love to do help you out if there's anything I can do, like a concert or anything like that. I think that would be great. It might be Maybe able to Jesse Mellon and I could do it. That would we would love to have you, and that might be able to broaden the the type of um, people that get drawn to City Harvest. I would love to. It'd be a great I, fit. I mean, seriously, chefs and music, man. It's yeah, a, it's a really good fit. And then we could like take that into like an episode of Chopped where I go against Liam Gallagher. That's who you want to take on? I have a feeling, I doubt that Liam Gallagher can cook worth a damn. That would be a, man, that would be a genius episode though. <laughs> you need two more. So who are the other two going to be? We Let's get Jesse. Well, Jesse we need, Mallon. We need, uh, you know, who else should we get? I don't know who would be good for that. Um, Did you see um the... uh? Jacob Dylan documentary, I, the new one that just came out with uh, called Echo in the Canyon. No, but I learned about it from your social feed. Yeah, it's great. It's good. It's, it's great. Re- it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, I should check it out. I yeah. Got a, I, I got a couple. I got a, about five movies I need to hunt down. Actually. What? Which ones? We had the, we had a guest judge on named Eduardo Garcia who was once hiking in the woods and I think he might have been hunting too he looked down and saw a bear a no no longer alive bear on the Uh ground and he was going to take one of its claws and he touched the bear uh, and was immediately zapped with like 3400 volts of electricity because that's what killed the bear the bear had fallen on a live electrical wire somehow and Eduardo lost his arm and now has an artificial arm, but he survived. This should have killed him. How did and he? The, why did it just get, destroy his arm? He just got really lucky somehow. I, I so think it he just must like have freaked out the arm it, and it, then it, stopped. He, he from, said it just fried his whole arm. Weird. And they made a documentary about about his story because it's his his struggle to get to survive that and get back to life. And um, uh, he's lucky it was his left arm because he's right, he's right handed. So. He probably had the knife in his right hand, and he was reaching down to grab the claw with his left. Mm-hmm. 
um, and that's when he got zapped. He's lucky to be alive. What's it called? Uh, it's called, I know what it's called. It charged. <laughs> Smart name. Right? <laughs> and there were a couple. Oh, I mean, that's, man. Can, you, man, can you imagine? I mean. Dude, that's crazy. That's got to hurt. That reminds me of the, uh, um, what's his name? That one movie about the guy who got mauled by a bear. Oh. You know, know, Werner Herzog. Yeah. Uh, I forget what it's called. It also makes me think of, um, what what was the one that that John Krakauer did about the kid who who hiked into the wilderness in Alaska and... He was Into the Wild? or, Or was it, there was Into Thin Air. And there's that Leonardo DiCaprio one. And the kid, the kid ended up dying out there only because he made the mistake of eating the wrong like root. He ate this yeah, root. That's into the wild. That's, that's into, the wild. into the wild. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, Eddie Vedder did the soundtrack. Oh wow. Yeah. It was a big movie. Yeah, that was a good one. Or, uh, I think it was. Good book. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And uh, one thing about uh, getting, how'd you hear about this charged? It's weird because um, it goes with your T-shirt. Right? Yeah, exactly. This yeah. a good shirt to wear for that. Yeah. Um, because he was a guest judge on Chopped. Oh. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping he'll be part of a regular rotation. Um, he's based out of Montana. Um, he has a uh, he has a line of sauces and rubs. Um, but he's a great guy. Um, a great judge. He did a fantastic job. And he, he brought it up. I didn't ask about his arm. I wasn't going to bother him about it, but uh, it came up. Wow, I mean, I mean, he's got a hook. He has an actual hook. I'm sure you've seen those. Yeah, and it, and he's quite. It's it's interesting even just to watch somebody. Who, how do you how do you use utensils? How do yeah. you use cutlery when you have one when you when you're using one of those? Um, he's quite de- dexterous with it. That's interesting. Yeah, it's wild. So the moral of the story. I, I mean, I, if I saw a dead bear, I don't think I'd want to touch it at all. Uh, uh, but you know, moral of the story: be careful when you're. Uh, my luck would be that it would have just been asleep and it would roar back to life and it, it, it would all be over. Do you ever want to, did you ever get into hunting or anything like no. that? No. Nah. No. I, um, when I was a kid, I shot a sparrow, overwhelmed with guilt. I, I'm not the guy for that. Because you had BB guns. Yes. In the Indiana woods. Um, I'm, not, I'm not interested in hunting. I wouldn't mind fishing and I've done that. Um, I can't, I don't want to shoot something beautiful. I do. I do eat meat. I participate in that cycle of uh, uh, of bloodshed, but I don't want to do the shedding. There's no way around bloodshed. Even if you're a vegan, with the crops and stuff are going to kill small animals and stuff like that, right? When they like, I guess it, you could argue that that's inadvertent, but yeah, it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. There's no cruelty-free existence. And there's also the deliciousness of eating. I don't have any. You know. I, I don't. I, I don't limit myself. Uh, other than to, I don't really have a special interest in, in as I said, in desserts and really, per se. I mean, if they're amazing, I'm, I'm certainly happy to eat them. I hope they don't give you a dessert show on the food. Network. We're actually doing. We're at, we've actually started doing one already. Uh, a chopped, a sweets version of chopped. Really, like a, a not chopped, but a different version. No, it is chopped, but it's a sweet. It's like a chopped sweets. Sensations, not or something. It's just another. That's another theme that we're oh, another theme. imposing the chopped rubric on. Um, we did like tw- I think we did like twelve of those, and people like them. Yeah. Um, I mean, the re- the network liked them. I'm not sure if the audience has seen it yet. 
What other movies are you going to see? Did you see the Elton John one? I I want to see the Elton John one. I just watched um, most of the Queen one on my flight home from Monterey, mm-hmm. which I I know it's not a very it's it, I know technically that it's not a good movie, but I still liked it because yeah. I just I love those rock star stories. They're yeah. so impossible. It's, it's fun. It's fun, and I love the music. What do you mean impossible? Well, I mean, it's just you, you can't just become a rock star, but it's a really fun dream to have. Um, I think that anybody who, to me, the idea of, it doesn't even need to be like Wembley. Just any, if, you, if, if you can sing your lyrics that were once, as, as, as Tweety once wrote, you know, what was yours is now everyone's. Right. And to, to I, I, can you imagine, uh, yeah, I'm sure you can imagine what it's, to me, imagining doing something so personal and then giving it to people and have them sing those lyrics back to you while you're performing has got to be the biggest rush in the world, I think. Yeah. And, um. Is it, Joe? Uh, yeah, it's awesome when that happens. You know, the times that's happened to me, it's been, yeah, it's been pretty wonderful. I think yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah. It's it's great. It's, you know, I, I love getting to like, you know, even just getting to release this music I'm releasing right now and just getting the feedback I've been getting off of just the song I released yesterday is like. How are people responding? So good. I saw some comments. Really people... nice vibes, you know, and it's just like, you know, that is gratifying and it's exciting. You, you know, know you, I like it. You have so much range because you can do a, you can do a really tender ballad like "Honey in the Moon." Mm-hmm. Probably your your first your one of your first recognized songs that a lot of people heard, mm-hmm. and that got used in TV shows and stuff. Did it? Tons not? of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, American to, to, Wedding. And. There, you also have a sound that that had, I think might have some kinship with Noel Gallagher that when you do that more like propulsive stuff. Yeah, definitely. There's and a, Liam, yeah. And I, the use of some electronics, but still mostly Yeah. Mostly guitar driven. Yeah, it's I, I got I got an eclectic thing. I mean I've got you know, getting signed to Peter Gabriel's label I think also helped bring that out because you know, coming from the sort of very American vibe and like punk rock vibe and then um you know to get signed to peter gabriel's label in in the mid 90s and get introduced to the fact that like drum machines are cool and it's okay Mm -hmm. and and so just to be open-minded about electronic music right when i started learning to make professional records you know with that sort of aesthetic and like getting to like you know like brian eno sang on my first album which is just crazy that's too crazy. Yeah, it's just too did, crazy. Like Brian did, Eno sang with Peter Gabriel on my fir- on one of my songs, on my first record. It's the only song they're singing together on. How did this happen in the first place? The whole Peter Gabriel connection. Yeah, just uh, because I gave a demo tape to uh, somebody in an AA meeting, a cassette, like just a friend, you uh-huh. know, like it was a, like, and uh, he sent it to some, or he gave it to somebody else who worked at Capricorn Records, and then that guy sent it to a guy in New York, and then that guy gave it to Peter Gabriel, and Peter Gabriel took it on an airplane ride, and then called me when he got off the plane and said, I want to sign you to my label. Cool, that's so awesome. It it was like that, you know? But that's why I'm interested in stories about like how you got to where you got to, and like how much you think you manifested the reality through like visualization, or like how, how, I think it's interesting to figure out how people find 
their station in life and particularly when they do like arrive at like interesting peaks like you have well you know i think you your know? story the, the the story of your getting connected to peter gabriel which obviously took such a roundabout incredible series of coincidences mm-hmm. for it to have happened and for him to respond the way he did yeah. to your work i guess when you since you bring it up yeah. um it's pretty improbable that th- that that sh- first show ever happened but it's also true that I really did hustle to get the job. Exactly. I, I canceled vacations. I tr- I came. I flew down. I was in Portland, Maine, at a beach house with friends. Yeah. And I came. And I, I got a flight down to do another callback. I yeah. mean, I, I moved from Chicago to New York uh-huh. to do that show. Right. And, you know, got rid of everything because yeah. you have to when you move to New York. Yeah. Um. So there must be. There were certainly was a lot of effort. Yeah. I definitely hustled. And there must have been a lot of self-belief for you to be able to invest in that kind of risk in yourself. And that self-belief came from somewhere. I mean, part of it is just that, first, we both loved the idea of living here again. I mean, Chicago's great, but we really... Because you were with Barry already then. I was. Okay, so he was supportive, He was on board 100%. Did he he have to give up anything? All we had to give up was just some possessions that you would have in a larger house. I mean, we have a pretty good-sized place here. We certainly have a, a big house by New York standards, so we're very fortunate. Uh, so, And we've acquired back some of those things that we got rid of, like pianos, for example. Um, just to have a chance. You got a piano? I have a piano. Nice. Yeah. And I, uh, I need to play it more. But you yeah. can't play a piano if you don't have one. Yeah. Um, but I, no, to your point, I think there, I must have had some sense that this was going to pan out somehow. Uh, I certainly had the sense that something needed to, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it gave Barry the opportunity to open his business and do what he wanted to do. Um, I mean, and we're, and we're getting, you know, it's all, it's, I must've had some sense that this was, that this was the way to go. Why do you think it needed to? Well, it needed to because you have to. You, it, this place is expensive. <laughs> yeah, but your life could have stayed small in a, in, in a different place. In other words, yeah, I, you, you needed it to be here and be bigger. I mean, I don't know. And where do you think that came from? I don't know. I, 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 maybe the maybe the key is that I maybe I didn't necessarily need it to be bigger, but it just it just happened, and I and I roll with it easily and comfortably and I love my coworkers. I have mm-hmm. we have a, a, a the, the team that makes this show has is almost 80% of those people have been here the whole time mm-hmm. camera operators that I've totally absolutely grown up with um that know, they know the shots they don't even I mean they I mean they they're always innovating and, and changing things but they um it's great to work with people that you really like mm-hmm. uh maybe Maybe, uh, I, th- I think talented, creative people do flock together. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's the fact of, you know, finding people that you want to you be creative with and not wanting to lose them. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I can't take credit for having planned this thing. It's pretty unlikely to, to plan a career like that. Um, but when the, when the opportunity was with, presented itself, I definitely jumped on it, for sure. So there must have been some kind of drive. Do you have like any kind of like morning ritual health reg- regiment? Like me- I'm, I'm thinking about like mental health. Do you did you ever have any mental health issues, or have you just been like 
has life been kind of easy in that regard? Have you, know, you had to overcome anything? Every once in a while, we—I mean, we've had people compete on Chopped who had to, whose mother dragged them through the jungles of Cambodia to escape Paul Pot, right. and then who managed, who had nothing, who managed to emigrate all the way to the United States, yeah. who now have ten restaurants mm-hmm. and are and are in Oliver Stone movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did I have it easy? Oh my God! I mean, I hear stories from people who I think, my God, the things that you had to do mm. to get this life, and I've had, and I feel, I do feel guilty I feel like this life has been handed to me mm-hmm. I had amazing parents I never I've never been hungry um, the I mean you know I've, I, I I right now I drink too much probably I don't know I don't feel I, I don't feel like I have a lot of demons um, I, I show up I show up for work on time mm-hmm. I do the job yeah. um, I edit the script uh, every day heavily angrily um, I don't feel like I've had to suffer a lot, which makes me concerned that that's looming around the corner. Well, I'm hopefully just, not. Yeah, I'm just trying to dig to see like where the like where's the shadow. Yeah, where's the Ted Allen shadow. No, you I know think you should. I mean? Well, you did say you drink too much. Yeah, I mean I, that's possible. That's a pretty big one. Yeah, I it, mean, if you know, or you know, I've certainly grappled with that. I haven't had a drink in over three years, mm. which is. Which yeah, I don't I don't miss it. I I like uh, I like being clear headed in that way. I know what you mean because um, it's painful to to you know like just the booze is painful. It's I, it, it's super bad for you. It just hurts. If it didn't hurt, you know, it'd be one thing. But I, we but there doesn't have to be a shadow. We don't have to go in there. I'm just like looking for it. <laughs> I'm not. I just don't want to sound like I'm like I'm. Uh, um, uh, taking anything for granted, I'm really not. Um, I mean, I've had I work, I work pretty hard when I'm yeah. working, and you know the the time when I, the time that I have off from Chopped, I got plenty to do. I've got I, I'll do other outside work. Uh, just taking care of my house is a constant project because right. um, it's old, and then I've got family and pets and travel I want to do, and so I'll I'll uh, I'll keep I'll I'll keep myself busy. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll write a musical. I have an idea for one. What is it? I can't tell you. I want to write a musical. You would be much much better at it. You want to write it with me? Yeah, <laughs> I I got my idea is for the Ballad of Boogie Christ. It's got the name. That, it's got the name. A musical already. Yeah, it is. It's already in, it already is one. That was a big. I have a question for you on that cassette with Peter Gabriel. I'm sorry, you can start asking a bunch of questions <laughs> again. I feel guilty. Well, I, have a, I have a question for him, and I have a question for you. For you, is that cassette with for Peter Gabriel? You remember what songs were on it, and was there a phone number on the cassette? And how yeah, there was a phone number on the cassette. So you picked up the phone, and what? No, he left a message. Oh, he left a message. So you okay? So you played the message, and do you remember what he said? Oh yeah, I just played it over and over and over again. Of course it you was. Like, so you, you know, called your house. He yeah. called my yeah. I called my house. It was a landline then. So what, it was like, oh hello, it's Peter Gabriel. I've just re- listened to your cassette. Yeah, it was riveting. It was like, oh, yeah, when I talked to you about signing to my label, Real World, and you know, left the phone number. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. <laughs> Okay. Or said he's gonna call back or something like that. And then did you call him back or did no? He and then call he you? called back, and then and then I sent another tape, and then it was like a month before I heard from him again. And I thought, okay, that was encouraging, but obviously I've blown it. 
And then they turned out that they really liked the other tape too. What was on the other tape? Oh, I don't. I mean, I don't just remember. Just a few more other songs. Like ten more songs. I was writing so many songs then. You know. That's so cool. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. And that's gotten you together with a lot of other people. I mean, you you get you work with so many other musicians that I admire. Yeah, like Jeff Ament. I was. I mean, I was particularly the REM crowd. Oh I mean, yeah. That that was an important band for me. Yeah. What's your favorite REM record? My, um, not the same ones. That, not the same one that most people choose. I for for me, it, Fables of the Reconstruction kind of was a big one. Huh. Uh, if I I really like Feeling Gravity's Pull. I really like. There are several songs on that album. Yeah. Um. I, your reaction suggests to me that I was correct. I don't think most people most people say um, murmur or. Um, I go with automatic for the people. Automatic. Sorry. Mine's reckoning. Mm. And that was the first one, wasn't it? No, that's the second one. Murmur's second. the first one. Uh, they that's a seminal band for me. I saw them when I was at Purdue as an undergrad. They played. We had this this big music hall that seats four thousand people, and they. They, uh, I remember Michael wearing a dress, like uh-huh. a women's army corps dress, right? Which I thought was, I mean, there's been a lot of that in rock and roll over the years, but um, and now I go to, I go, he's very involved with um, some of these hunger charities as well, right? So I go to the Can Do Awards. Um, I sat right next to him. I've been at those before. I think I've done a painting or something for them. You, that's where I for I saw you perform. Yeah, yeah. you played. I played at one of those, and you were—I think you were playing with, um, maybe it was Mills. M- Mills, yeah. Uh, I think that's where I where I got into you when I saw you live. That's interesting, because I was trying to remember. You know, you can, it's hard to remember that one with you. You know, it's been a long time. Yeah. But I, I can see that night. I remember that night. Yeah. Everything was orange. The Can Do Awards are always—that's their color. Yeah. And now, but now it's funny just because of. Um, Michael Stipe had lots of chef, high-level chef connections, and he would show up at these things. I mean, I've, I've met him a couple times. You well, pro- you're probably friends with him. Yeah, I am friends with him. We should get him on the Chopped Musician competition. Yeah, I think that... I, I wonder if he'd do it. Now, he's... I doubt it. Cause he's, I doubt he's it. He's shy, and he's a veg, vegetarian, isn't he? I uh, know. Oh, he's not? Uh-uh, I don't think so. Okay. No. Um, I've met him and his partner at the time Toma uh, Toma yeah at uh, Above the Spotted Pig mm-hmm. a place that has become somewhat uh, yeah no- I know notorious <laughs> now I'm like veering away from talking about certain things <laughs> like, me, me too you know You'll pardon the expression. No, <laughs> um, no and I and I I know we're not jo- uh, we're, we're not joking about right that. it's exactly. just not yeah where we need to go yeah. Hey, who start asking more questions? Why would you get all the, the quiet? Only, the, only, the only question I had for Ted, you said you edit the script for Chop. Mm-hmm. You it's, a scri- it's scripted, huh? It's di- it's different every time. Um, minor variations, um, and then it's different. If I have to talk about if it's a Christmas, if it's a holiday episode, if it's a Thanksgiving episode, if it's a five part tournament where we have, like one time we had a. We, we've frequently done um, five-part tournaments with well with well-known people, or some you know people like Dweezil Zappa, and we had Johnny Weir, the figure skater, on. We've had comedians and actors, and um, 
and the, the fans dig those, and they're always fun. And there are lots of people in the arts that also really are interested in food. Tons, of course. It shouldn't be surprising at all. And it so all a, that is an art. The food is the art. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So some people prefer to call it a craft, but I, I don't know that this distinction matters much to me. It's obviously creative. Arts and crafts. Is there a difference between those two things? Um, I guess technically... I guess a craft is something you can use yeah. in the real world, yeah. and an art is just like super abstract, whatever. Yeah, art. That's, yeah, exactly. It's useless. It, art is useless. Useless in the best possible way. Right. Like, art. Making to, a sofa that definitely is 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 craft. Is craft. Making a sofa is craft. Putting a picture of a sofa on a wall is art. Exactly. <laughs> So if you, cook, I'm glad we've clarified that. So so maybe if you cook food but just let it rot in a lucite box, that's art. That's, that's Damien. Art. That's some Damien Hurst type shit. That's some Damien Hurst shit. You know, <laughs> I really like him for some reason. He's a great, he's a genius artist. He's a genius artist. He certainly knows how to monetize that stuff. He's great. I want to see that. Um, he, they put. Hey, a, we should go to the. I need to go see that Met guitar show. Oh my God! So do I. You want to go see? I that? have a friend who works at the Met that Let's reminded me. Let's go see me. that. Totally should have done that today. I'm gonna. I definitely want to do that. Uh, I, I'm. You want to go see that? Yeah, I've been hearing. I'm a lot told about that it's it. really, really well done. I heard yeah. Jacob Dylan told me to go see it. He's like, it was like, it's like the Hard Rock. He said it's the Hard Rock Cafe, but like you won't see Brett Michaels' guitar on the wall, which is hysterical. <laughs> Come on, I love Brett. He said it's all, it's all like, it's all. Yeah, Eddie, cl- Eddie's guitar is funny as hell. I think there's a Hendrix guitar. Yeah, we got to go see that. Uh, um, yeah, I, as King fanboy here for sure, I totally have to see that. Hey, listen, I got to wrap this up because I got to rehearse yeah, to yeah. downstairs and it's 2.40 now. Uh-huh. I can dig. Well, and it's plus we've been on this for what, like an hour and a half at least, yeah. right? Yeah. Cool. Well, thank Are you. Are you mad at me for no, shutting I, you I down gotta, that I got to take Carmen to piano class in Brooklyn. <laughs> I got I to, and I got to go to the bathroom. So I, it's, yeah, it's perfect. So let's just good take a, for me. a dragon card. Yeah, a dragon card. And, and, and uh, <laughs> close this out. <laughs> close this out with a and, dragon card. And Ted should tell uh, people where they can follow yeah, him Ted online. Could, like, oh, yeah, all sure. all socials and everything. Okay, well, you can you can follow me at um, on, on Twitter or Facebook or and Instagram at the Ted Allen. What's your favorite social media? I use Twitter and Instagram the most. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I like Instagram. I like it too. I'm um, starting to like Twitter again. I, I yeah. I guess I'm more. I mean, you need. You have to have a. You really need to have a visual for either one. Mm-hmm. You, mandatory for Instagram, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more people, more artistic people, seem to like Instagram than Twitter. To me, Twitter is sort of like a marketing kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. I don't do Twitter. And, and you may. N- I'm getting onto it now. More. I'm getting too much to read. It's just its own self-contained little microsphere, and there are so many millions of people who never look at it ever. Yeah. But there are then quite a few people who do. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, but my handle on all of those is the Ted Allen. I figured out that I could get, and I think it's really useful to have the same handle. That's good. On multiple. I should have done that because I did Joseph underscore Arthur on. You might be able to still do it. And another thing you can do, my friend Peter, uh, his handle is hey, H-E-Y, hey Peter Ross, which is uh, kind of fun too. Yeah. If you, if you can't get the. It's too okay. late for um, that. All right. I'm reading mine. You go first. All right. So what, what am I, what, what are these cards? These are dragon cards? Yeah. Okay. I got a black dragon from Saturn. Which brings you wisdom through spiritual discipline. Concentrate. Focus on your ultimate vision. Congratulate yourself. 
you've passed a test. <laughs> I feel Yay like, me. I feel like that summarizes your being on our podcast. Yeah, I passed the podcast yeah. test. <laughs> I got this, uh, the seal of approval from the black dragon from Saturn, dude. <laughs> this, this is the best card of the day. It's the dragon deck never disappoints. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's my favorite deck. All right, mine is Source Dragon. Attunes you to the infinite. Be still in the silence. Magic can happen. Be in the moment. You know, up until the la- up, up until the be in the moment, that sounds like one of your songs. You yeah, should like put, put that to music. <laughs> Maybe I should write a whole song based on this dragon deck. I think you should. I think I will. Rock on, man. Um, What'd you get? I don't like any of the ones I picked. That's why I haven't read any of them. But this is uh, Orange Gold Dragon. You from, always get that. From Arc to Open Opens You to Knowledge for the New Golden Age. We've gotten that one before. That's okay. And this right. other one that I never read was Let Go, Walk Away from This Situation in Order to Resolve It. Oh. Well, I'm glad you didn't go, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you didn't go, too. <laughs> Are you um, mad at me, Ehud? No, no, we're all good. The last question <laughs> Carmen had for Ted was, Oh, yes. Oh, it should come from Carmen, the last question. Um, what is your favorite food to eat on Chopped? Like, like what favorite thing? Well, I don't actually eat the food on Chopped, but my favorite food to eat is pizza. pizza. Number one. You pizza. too? Yeah. Pizza's the best. That's why we live in New York City. Awesome. For the pizza. It's not really keto-friendly. <laughs> oh, she, the cheese is a problem? Oh, no. No, cheese no, is fine. Cheese is fine, dude. It's the crust that's the I problem. eat a whole brick of cheese just for like, just for kicks walking down the street. Right on. <laughs> Get on with your bad self, Joseph. Ted Allen, thank you Ted, so much. Thank you, Ted. Thank you for the having best, me. man. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.